0: I've been asked by the Pentagon uh, to come and pray the invocation prayer for uh, a new war memorial that is opening at the Pentagon. And never before have we had a memorial like this. It's to all Gold Star families. And uh, it's going to be, um, and actually, um, well, that I probably shouldn't say I got to, I I've been I've been told what to say and what I can't say but I will tell you this that I think it's the opening exhibit it's going to be kind of a uh, a fluid exhibit in the sense that they're going to have actual photographs and stories of some of the uh soldiers or families that have borne the greatest burden uh all the way back to when the gold star started and uh, I think the opening exhibit is going to be the Sullivan family. How many remember that story of Mrs. Sullivan had uh, uh, five sons uh, in the war in World War II. Four were killed in the war before somebody brought it to the attention of the de- Department of Defense. And uh, you remember the story Saving Private Ryan, the movie they made about that is about getting that last son. Out of he was on the front lines, and they went in and 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 brought him home, so the family wouldn't run the risk of losing all five of their sons and uh, so anyway, this is a a great memorial that's being raised up and uh and I guess it's probably finished by now, they're ready to dedicate it so uh, anyway, they asked jane uh, my daughter in law they said isn't your father-in-law a, uh, a, a reverend? And she said, yes, he is. And they said, would, would he like to pray our invocation for this dedication? So, interesting timing with the election and everything coming up, isn't it? And what, uh, what God is doing. Um, of course, this is not a political event by any stretch, but, uh, anyway, God is, 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 is in the works here. So I thought you would, we prayed about that this morning in the pre-service prayer. Uh, again, uh, we do invite you if, uh, if you come here to the building, church, we do at 9.30 every Sunday morning, we have our pre-service prayer and it's led by Pastor Scarlett and, uh, it's always powerful and, and we, I really believe we make progress. Amen teaching you this morning on uh, something the Lord laid on my heart because I realize that a lot of churches, a lot of places, uh, they don't even really have much teaching on some of these subjects. I'm teaching t- today on ministry gifts. I'm calling it Ministry Gifts 101. This is the basic course, <laughs> the basic class on it. How many know that everything we do, uh, there's scripture for it? I mean, there should be scripture for it. If we're doing something in the service and there's no scripture for it, maybe we need to take a look at it. It might be traditions of men. Well, not all traditions of men are bad if they ultimately bless people or bless the Lord or something like that. But, you know, some, a lot of things that we do are just not all that uh, scriptural. <laughs> and uh, sometimes church government can be unscriptural. And, and uh, certain denominations and groups... Uh, they have snags. Well, how many know there's no perfect system On as long as humans are involved with it, there's going to be some problems. But there is scripture that we can at least get sort of on the right path with it, amen? And so um, sometimes, I'm going to say this as a disclaimer, sometimes we're reluctant to teach certain subjects because we don't want it to, to seem or, or prove to be self-serving. You know, amen? So if you teach a subject on ministry gifts, it obviously favors the pastor's office. And uh, so I'm thinking, oh man, I struggle with that kind of thing because I never want to be trying to manipulate something, manipulate submission, m- manipulate honor, because is it really honor? Is it really submission if it's manipulated? Uh, you end up with lip service instead of real service. Amen? So uh, sometimes... We're not as bold as we should be about certain subjects because we don't want to seem self-serving. Now, some preachers just don't care. They just run over you like a steamroller. But I, I've tried to avoid that attitude. Uh, treat people like they have a brain. Most people do. I have met some that you wondered about. But then they were up walking and talking, so they must have one. Um, <laughs> uh but for example, even teaching on giving, how many can see teaching on giving is a little precarious for the pastor because, you know, you don't want it to seem self-serving. Obviously, if the, if the, if the church members don't give, then the bills don't get paid. And in most cases, that includes the pastor doesn't get paid. So you can see how the pastor harping on giving, you think, wow, he just wants his pay. Oh, well, curse him for that. What a monster. Wants his pay like everybody else, you know. What a horrid thing to have in the pulpit. Somebody that wants to be paid. But, uh, you know, it's like they exempt the pastor from normal thinking, you know. And uh, uh, so, you know, sometimes we don't teach as boldly even on it as we want to. But you know what? All Scripture, the Bible says, is given to us for inspiration and and it helps us amen and so you know the teaching on giving i tell you god proved uh, and i'm not not teaching on giving i'm teaching on ministry gifts but i will mention it you know god proved like with elijah at the brook cherith where the he drank from the water and the ravens brought him flesh and bread in the morning and flesh and bread in the evening i guess he was on his own drive through for lunch i don't know but uh at least the Lord provided two meals a day, plus the water. <laughs> and uh, and this went on and on and on for, for uh, a long time. Uh, during the time of famine, God proved that without anybody else's help, He could take care of His man. Amen? Yeah, but he, wanted, he wants others to be in on the blessing. And so he, the brook Cherith dried up and the ravens quit coming and and uh so Elijah, Elijah said what do I do now? He said go to Saraphat. There's a woman there that I want to bless her, but I want her to get in on this. Amen. And so he remember the Lord the Lord had told her. He said there's a w- widow woman there that I have commanded already. But he still had to bring it up. She was just going <laughs> to You know, I don't know if the Lord, I don't know if that's the Lord. But uh <laughs> But it was the Lord, wasn't it? And then Elijah had to say to her, make, you know, what you doing? She says, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, a a cake for me and my son, little cake, you know, little little cornbread or something type thing. And I'm going to have that and that's it. Probably a falafel or something. <laughs> Middle Eastern pita bread, a probably a little pita bread thing. I'm going to have that and that's it. We're going to eat that and die. And... Uh, and he said, "Well, go ahead and do that," but he says, "In the uh, uh, make me a cake first. We think, "Oh my, what a selfish man goes to a widow with a single mom and asks her, you know, to make him some food in the time of a famine." But he, it wasn't because the Lord couldn't do it any other way. The Lord was trying to bless that woman. And how many know the Lord did when she obeyed that? She ate, and her entire household and the prophet for an entire year. So, you know, you shouldn't get mad if the pastor or uh, one of the ministers gets up and talks a little bit, a little bit about tithing, a little bit about giving. Oh, all they're interested in is money. And it's like, oh, you know, that's just crazy, right? And you say, well, I went to a church once and the guy spent, you know, two hours talking about it. Well, when you look at a lot of, we don't do that, but you look at a lot of people's finances, you know, maybe we need to spend more time on it. Not less. Praise the Lord, because there is a blessing in that. Amen? So you see, my it's an illustration of why we sometimes hesitate at teaching certain subjects or teaching them a lot because we don't want to come across as self-serving in any way. But if you're in the ministry and your trust is not in the Lord, you're in the wrong line of work, I'm telling you. Because your brook will dry up from time to time and your raven will die on the way. So... And if you're not careful, you'll eat your raven, and then you wonder what, what happened. Out of fear, you fry the raven, you know. <laughs> Ephesians 4.11, we're going to plow into ministry gifts, talk about these offices and what how they are, and why they're here, and why we need to submit, amen, to these offices. All of us have to. Pastor two has to submit to others in the body of Christ. Amen. That, uh, are what we consider leaders in the Lord. And you say, well, it's a free country. We should vote on everything. Should be a committee. Well, that works for politics. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not the Bible. How many knows the Bible's older than, than, ni- than 1776? How many know the Bible is older than the Declaration of Independence? And, uh, uh you 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 won't find that in the word and it's good for a country i'm i'm patriotic more patriotic than you are i guarantee you but i'll i'll tell you this uh the church is not a democracy uh i, I heard brother hagen say this many times teaching on this subject he said the church is not a democracy now he had no reason to teach on this self-serving because he wasn't a pastor he didn't have a church he didn't have people that he, you know, needed to, to have submit, you know, in that way. He just, uh, was a, I mean, he just was. He was a prophet and a teacher, and most of the people that were in his ministry were payroll people. They were, they were employees who could be hired and fired. So he didn't really have any reason to teach on it, other than it's in the Word and it's a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen? Can you say amen to this? I realize this is not a big shouting message, but it's one we need. And the Lord told me to teach on it today, so I'm obeying. And I think a lot of folks watching by Internet need to hear this, too, because there's almost a feeling that's come with COVID year of, well, look, we don't really even need a local church. I, I heard some, I saw some comments on Facebook about, well, hey, we don't even need church buildings anymore. We don't even need to meet or gather, we can just watch each other on the internet, and then we can uh we can just uh you know sort of make up our own way. well, that sounds nice except it 's unscriptural <laughs> sorry it's not you got, i mean it's a maybe a cool idea and a and a modern idea, but it's certainly not a God idea. Right. Hallelujah preach pastor, right. so if you're not a pastor, you need one That's right. amen and uh, according to the word and so uh if you're not a pastor you need one and i think even if you're an evangelist or a uh uh prophet or whatever you still need it might not be in a you know exactly a pastor it might be another prophet or somebody but some elder in the body of christ amen that you could or or uh, some sort of a uh uh a group of peers that you can you know, feel submitted to in some way. Amen. If you get out there in left field, they can call you, reel you in a little bit. Amen. And so we, uh, and you know what? When you, when you really, when your heart's right with God as a pastor, as a leader, when your heart's right with God and, and everything's right with the Lord, with you, with you, you don't have any problem submitting to that. You want to submit to the Word. Amen. You want to submit to the things of God and to elders in the body of Christ. And they, it might, it might be somebody in your denomination or your, you know, we all have credentials, you know, from different groups. It might be folks who credentialed you. It might not be those folks necessarily. You, you respect them, you honor them, but it might be somebody else that had a great influence in your life. Amen. And, uh, I mean, I'll just tell you right now, if Brother Copeland called me uh, and said, you're out in left field, Horton, I would pay attention to it. Because, you know, here's an elder, here's a man of God. And you say, well, do you just rubber stamp every single thing he says? Well, that's not the point. It's not the point that you agree with everything. The point is that you, you listen to the wisdom and to the care and the love that's coming forth. Amen. And uh, because it ultimately bleeds down or trickles down to the congregation, yes. to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to get this all said today. Well, a lot of folks think the church ought to be a committee. They think it ought to be uh, every decision should be discussed. Everything should be voted upon. And it's like, well, maybe you should just run for dog catcher or something. If you need all that kind of bureaucratic structure, but, uh, God's not a big bureaucrat. He, uh, certainly just, he certainly has a more efficient way of getting things done. Somebody said one time that a camel is a horse designed by a committee because, you know, everybody got their two cents in on what they think it should look like. So you end up with, you know, these two toed humpy things, you know, with, with beautiful eyes and ugly lips, you know. And, uh, that'll spit at you in a heartbeat. And, uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's a good, that's a good illustration about why everything's not a committee. And, uh, also on just the subject of, of authority and submission, just touching on that, I know that's been sometimes taken to the extreme. We're not talking about extremes today. We're talking about the Word of God. The Word of God is not extreme. The Word of God is balanced. It comes pre-balanced. Amen. Amen. Pre-approved, pre-balanced, pre-ready, meals ready to eat. Amen. <laughs> MREs, right from the Word. Praise God. And uh, you don't have to add anything to it or take anything away from it to balance it. The Word of God is balanced. Oh, just the subject of submission and authority, which is, which, which goes hand in hand with this teaching on ministry gifts. Um, sometimes we think, well, I'll only submit to what I agree to or agree with. But if, is that really submission? You know, that's the question. Is that really submission if you only do what you agree, what you agree with? Everything else you throw a fit or go behind the pastor's back and say all kinds of stuff and try to work your own system. If you're not careful, you're, uh, competing, uh, and, and, uh, into really an area of witchcraft. And I'm going to show that from the word. It's rebellion. Uh, a friend of mine, pastor's a great church in Alabama. He had what, he had a previous church that was really strong and he had a businessman that was giving a lot of money and helpful, you know, praise God, supporting, but got mad at the pastor over something, you know, anybody ever heard of something like that? Somebody gets mad at the pastor. So he walked into the office and he said, I just want you to know that I could run this church as good as you, maybe better. And uh, uh, my pastor friend said, well, I, I don't even doubt that. I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy here or whatever. But he said, there's only one problem. He said, what? He said, I'm the pastor and you're not. There's your problem. And he says, well, okay, and so, of course, you, if you venture out and say something like that, you're just guaranteed they're going to leave. But uh, he said, the trouble with division, the word division means two visions. Division, in, in other words, it's dies, D-I, uh, the, the prefix on that is that it's two visions. And so we can't have two visions, you have to have one vision in every church, amen? Otherwise, there's confusion. Brother Hagen said one time, anything with two heads is a monster. And so, uh, it's a freak. It's a, it's something to go in the sideshow on a circus. So, we have leadership and clear lines of leadership in the Word of God. I believe, I mean, I, I don't really care about denominational structures and all that. I like the word. Just stick with that. And, uh, and so, you know, the idea of the pastor's office, or any other office, being something political that you run for, you go around and get votes, make sure you're voted in. That's not scriptural. That's not, that's not New Testament. It's some, is something else. Somebody's made it up somewhere. And so then you can see how there's pressure from the congregation or the pastor. Well, I voted for you, so you gotta do what I say. And pretty soon, you become a puppet, uh, to where you're pulled this, with this string, and you raise your arm that way, and you're pulled with this string, and you raise your arm that way. And before you know it, your two arms are in a fight with each other. And uh, and then you've got a split, and then they want to know who choose you this day whom you'll serve. And uh, that's how you have church splits and blow-ups and a lot of pain and suffering and heartache. So if we would just follow the word, we could avoid a lot of problems. Can you say amen? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we don't just get it like we want it. Even as the pastor, you don't always get it like you want it. But you do the best you can with the information and the leadership. But we've got to have some lines of authority, amen? Or you end up with a a big mess. You end up with a freak. All right, let's look here at Ephesians 4. If you found it by now, if you haven't by now, you need prayer. You're very slow. Ephesians 4.11 He gave some apostles and some prophets... And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Who, who did he give them? Who, their gifts. Who gave them? The Lord gave them. Amen. These are divinely appointed offices. And what are they for? Uh, uh for keeping everybody happy, getting the vote, No, it's for something else. It's for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Perfect meaning Uh, nothing broken, nothing missing, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh my, that's a lot there. You can teach on that a week, I think. All those terms. It sounds mature. In other words, that we grow up, quit being babies. Hallelujah. That we henceforth be no longer, be no more children. Don't act like children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There are doctrines that are promoted by people who are literally trying to take advantage of you. Amen. Thank God for a Holy Ghost Bible pastor, if you have one. If you don't have one, pray that yours become one. I guess. But, uh, or that the Lord sends you one or sends you somewhere where you can find one. I, I heard uh Ed Dufresne say one time years ago, he said it could be life or death. What church you go to? You go to a church that believes that sickness might be from the Lord and they'll bury you. <laughs> you go to a place that, uh, you know, believes all kinds of weird things, um, you know, it could affect you. Amen? And it eventually will. Because you are what you eat. And spiritually, that's true too. You are what you eat. Say, well, I just like the flowers they have in the front. You know, I've, I've heard of all kinds of reasons people go to churches. You know, the organ players, nice. Whatever it is. The reason they go. But the number one reason we should go, and it's not the number one reason, by the way, from research that people choose churches, but the number one reason they should choose a church is what's being fed from behind the pulpit. (laughs) Amen? And if it's not the Word of God, then what are you eating? Reader's Digest, the Wall Street Journal, Some pamphlet from the Republican Party. You know, whatever it is that you're preaching uh, is not the word. It might be something you agree with. It might be something pleasant. It might include daisies and lollipops. But it's not the word of God. Amen? Preach, pastor. But speaking the truth in love... See, it's not love to not speak the truth. The truth is the only thing that has love in it. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. It'd be like if you walked out in your front of your house and your next door neighbor, maybe they have a small child and you look and that child's playing with a rattlesnake. You say, well, I didn't want to say anything. I don't want to offend anybody. Well, that's the same thing that's happening in so many churches now. The pastor's under so much pressure to keep everybody happy and to do it the way they want it done. Well, I don't like the way the singing is going. I want to put my spin on it. I don't like the way whatever is happening, I'm going to do my thing and influence and, uh, and, and manipulate. And you see, if you're not careful, or in the preaching, it goes to the preaching. If you're not careful, you're, 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 you, if you're not careful, you can become a Jezebel spirit, trying to, to run things from behind the scenes. And I'm telling you, it's a sin. And if you have submission issues, you're gonna have to deal with them. <laughs> Amen? Because you're gonna keep having conflict until you just say, you know what? I might not like the way that's sounding or doing or going or whatever but I'm going to submit to it. And uh and it, there's a blessing in it. Preach, pastor. We love this. Speaking the truth in love. Well, it would be love to grab that rattlesnake out of that child's hand and and, and squash it. And the kids cry, you killed the snake. I'm a member of PETA. I don't know what to do, you know. It's like, yeah, but I didn't want you to get bent and die. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Grow up. (laughs) That'd be a good title for this, wouldn't it? Grow up. Sometimes we need to grow up and shut up. I've had to do that. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to eat, eat crow? Have you ever had to eat, you know, whatever, as they say? Yeah, sure. Eat your words. Grow up, grow up, and turn to your neighbor and say, you need to grow up. <laughs> grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We're going to grow up into Christ. Isn't that beautiful? from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body of Christ unto the edifying of itself in love. Sounds good to me, doesn't it, you? In other words, then we all grow and we all are blessed. But what's at the top of this thing? What's at the top of this thing? It says those five offices, amen? Remember, because the five offices are for the perfecting of the saints. Now, I'm going to speak to my seeker-sensitive pastor friends. God bless you all. Peace and all that. I don't have an ear bob or a a tattoo yet. God bless you. Um, But I will tell you, the problem that I see, one of the main problems that I see with that system of ministry or that style or that flow is the refusal to recognize any other ministry gift but office of pastor. That's the only one they'll recognize. They won't recognize the evangelist. They won't recognize the prophet. They'll never have them in their church on a Sunday morning. So that the congregation, you know, part of the reason we have other gifts to come in here, it isn't, it isn't just so we can see if we can blow some money on a meeting or whatever. That's not the point or to try to impress anybody. It's, it's primarily for the congregation. To be exposed to other ministry gifts besides pastor. So we'll have in a missionary who is basically an apostle, usually, because they've founded churches and they've found, and they've, uh, begot spiritual sons and daughters in the faith that are carrying on the work. And that makes them an apostle. Now really, pastors Dan Reverends Dan and, and Marta Lewis are apostles. We have apostles right here in the church because they have founded churches, uh, in, in other countries that are still going. Amen. After how many years? You know, some of them. Twenty years. And, uh, and so the, we, when they teach and preach, there's always going to be an impartation of the apostles office that comes forth. Amen. Pastor Scarlett and I, have different gifts you know she uh is a pastor completely, but also a a great bible teacher and prophetic in her in her in her flow myself i'm i'm evangel I'm an evangelist I'm a pastor and I also stand in the office of prophet from time to time so you know you go in and out of some things but praise God we've got a good start here of recognizing some of these gifts, amen, and submitting to the Word and, and the leadership that the Lord has put. And if we don't do it, then we end up with problems. Now let's look at a few more scriptures. Are you getting anything out of this today? Look at, uh you know, a lot of churches just... How many, you know, I could say, I, I was in church for years and never heard much teaching on it. You just kind of took it for granted, the pastor office and then folks you know respected it by saying here's a here's a lamp with lampshade with a hole in it thought you could use it at the parsonage that kind of honor and respect (laughs) i got a friend that said that a lady brought him in birmingham a lady brought him a a sack and it's and she said, uh, do you like homemade jellies and jams and preserves? And he said, yes. She goes, okay, good. I brought you some. Well, he was excited. He got home. There's these mason jars, you know, that usually folks use. And he opened the first one, and it had that much jelly in it and the spoon still inside, you know. She'd cleaned out her refrigerator and brought it to the pastor. Now you see, that's just smacks of disrespect, doesn't it? You know, uh, people used to, you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to touch too many nerves here, but it's kind of like the lady that had the maid that gave the maid the dress with the hole in it. I won't wear it, but maybe you could have it. It's that mentality and it's 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 so disrespectful and so horrible and uh, i remember brother hagen being one of the first preachers that i'd ever heard of that put a spotlight on that stuff and condemned it and said this never should happen in the body of christ amen well praise god that always gets a big shout but you know you it's not just in what we say. Sometimes there's behaviors that need to be corrected. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Boy, this is a strong word. How many like the Apostle Paul? All right, I don't know if you're going to like him after hearing this word. <laughs> obey them. Ooh, obey, Ooh. ooh. Obey. You got that on any seeker-sensitive church wall? Obey. I don't think so. Anyway. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Look at that. As they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. Wow, that's a strong scripture. I, I don't think I've heard that one quoted in a while, but it's pretty good, isn't it? Now, see, it says, that, that, in other words, it's going to be with profit. It'll profit us to obey those that have rule over us. Well, we have, even as a pastor or evangelist, teacher... We have those that we consider that have the rule over us. Amen. If they ask us to, to change something, we'll change it. As to, the, as to the best of our ability and following our conscience. Amen. But we just in this culture, we don't like words like submission and obey and uh, <laughs> being responsible and those things are just gone out the window. And there's there's little honor. Have you watched the news lately? Have you seen the lack of honor towards police officers and towards uh, the military and towards, uh, uh, you know, leaders? I'm not telling you how to vote or anything like that because I'm just not going to, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, when I watched that first debate, which was just a train wreck in a tunnel, it was just a train wreck. But you know what? I'm sorry. When when Joe Biden told the sitting president to shut up and called him a clown, I just thought, you know, look, argue your case, make your point, but don't disrespect the office. Amen. 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 And... uh I'm sorry, you know, if any, if I had any inclination to listen to what he said, it was turned off at that point. So, you know, it's the same thing when the body of Christ, maybe you don't like something Joel Osteen said, or Joseph Prince, or Kenneth Copeland, or Charles Stanley, or whoever's preaching. Maybe you didn't like something they said, you didn't like their position, it offended you personally. But we need to respect the offices in which these people stand in. It's the same with this church or any other. You might not like everything the pastor says and does. You might not like all of his attitudes or his, you know, choices of things, but you, we have to be careful that we honor the office. Amen. And, uh, and, and, uh, always, always see that office and respect that. And then those, who, you talking to responsibility, those of us who stand in these offices, the Bible says that we walk worthy of that office and that all of our decisions are made based on the office in which we hold and stand in. Amen? And that we walk worthy of it so that we don't bring reproach upon the office or reproach upon the body of Christ. Hallelujah! This is like a fire hydrant today, but it's pretty good. You can drink at a fire hydrant. It just might blast your face off. <laughs> Obey them that have the rule over you. Wow. And then submit. We've got two, two bad words there. Obey and submit. <laughs> How many know that's not always fun, is it? But we do it. Amen. And do it in the Lord. And then when you do it in the Lord, joy can come with it. A couple more things here is to, how many know God is God? We talk about the Old and New Testament. We've got the same God today that we had in the Old Covenant. He's not changed. He didn't like get with it. You know, he didn't throw out his shoes and put on flip-flops and, you know, hippie beads and, you know, smoke pot now. He's cool God. No, He's the same God that He's always been. How many believe that? He's ancient of days. And the only, the only thing that's keeping this world from being burned up with wrath is the sacrifice of Christ. So if you think God's gotten all liberal or something, that's just not the case. And uh, so sometimes you can see how many would like to know the personality of God and, how he feels about things. Well, you can see that in, a lot in the Old Covenant. You can see his attitude towards sin. Why couldn't he just say, instead of sacrificing Jesus, why couldn't God just go, you know, we apparently made this creature with a lot of flaws. And uh let's just, you know, let's just skip it. But he didn't. He sacrificed because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There's not any. That's why you can't get saved off of just deciding to do better and, you know, join the Optimist Club. It takes the blood. In fact, that whole Old Covenant picture, video that we have of, of, of uh, it, it, the, the portrait that's painted in the Word of what they did in uh, temple sacrifice it said all things are cleansed that are purged by blood and so if the high priest missed some of the instruments uh, you know of slaughter uh with the with the blood mop it's basically a little mop thing that they would sprinkle the blood with if he missed it the whole sacrifice was tainted they had to start over Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Isn't that something? That's why you gotta go through the cross to get to the throne. And you can't skip that. So people say, well, you're not one of those hard-nosed, narrow-minded preachers. I've actually had people say this to my face that preaches Jesus is the only way to heaven. I said, well, let me ask you this. If Jesus is my Lord and I'm following him, don't you think I should agree with what he said? I've asked point blank sinners that. And they go, well, that makes sense. Sure. Well, he said he was the only way. So I have no other, it's not my opinion. I guess if it was up to me. I might just, you know, wink at a lot of stuff. But I'm not in charge. I'm not God. I didn't make it up. If you don't like it, take it up with him. You can write him at God.com. Whatever. I'm sure, he's got a Facebook by now. Turn to first Samuel. Amen. We'll just look up there. Um First Samuel quick. First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Um m- remember I mentioned Jezebel, and this is her main problem. You know, you know, we got told in Pentecost that the problem with Jezebel was her lipstick and all that. Who even knows if she wore lipstick? I'm not sure it had been invented by them. But it wasn't her lipstick and her hairdo that made her a Jezebel, that made Jezebel a Jezebel. <laughs> what it was was the spirit of witchcraft and control and trying to control something that was not given to her. So it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Wow, that's pretty strong, isn't it? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Wow, that's pretty strong. Think, well, yeah, but that's the old covenant and we're in the new. I know, but it shows you God's attitude towards that. Now turn to Numbers twelve. Can you find numbers? Amen. You think, well that's just a bunch of numbers. There's good things in numbers. Amen. Well, we're going to read. How many is okay for a few five more minutes to read through this? Amen. Uh, numbers twelve Well, I think, did I get the wrong? Oh, no, there I am. Praise God. Okay, so here we have a situation, again, of what God feels about rebellion against leadership. Now, it says here, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. (laughs) They didn't like it. They didn't like who he married. They didn't like his choice. Might have been a little racism in there. Imagine that. I know that's shocking. You know that's a new thing, racism. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by... Now, this is always what happens when, you know, folks get upset at a decision or get upset at the general leadership or things just aren't going the way they like it. It's always this. This is important. Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? Now I'm telling you, this is so modern, you can't imagine. Well, I don't know who the pastor thinks he is. He's not the only one that hears from God around here. I'm telling you, this is the way things can go in church life. And uh, I want you to know, Pastor David, I hear from the Lord too. And what the Lord told me doesn't line up with what he told you. Well, this isn't anything new. This is obviously as old as dirt. (laughs) And it's the same thing that happened. Offense comes with that because... If We won't take time today to read this, but if you look at Mark 6, where the Bible says that in his own hometown of Nazareth, Jesus could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. But it wasn't just unbelief like a faith person struggling with healing. It was unbelief that Jesus was really anointed to be who he said he was. It's it's a leadership problem in Nazareth, not anointing or they didn't confess enough or whatever. It was who does he think he is? He he's the son of a carpenter. Look at this. I mean, they're blue collar people. <laughs> they might have been business owners, but they were still in the blue collar work. It was industry. You understand. <laughs> Jesus is the son of a carpenter and he's being trained as an apprentice carpenter. You know, in other words, he's not a, he's not an attorney. He's not, you understand what I'm saying? So you got that. Who does he think he is? And are his sisters and his folks here with us? And I don't know. And he's from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of there? I mean, look at what part of town he's from. Dear God. And we're listening to him. Who does he think he is? And the Bible says they were offended at it. It's, do you see the same spirit in this? How many can see that? It's easy to do it. It's easy to look at the humanity of leaders and go, well, they don't even know what they're doing. Look at, look at their, look at how their children turned out. Look at how something else happened. Something's off here. Look at Pastor David. He can't even lose weight. He's getting fatter. I was fat before COVID, so I can't blame that. I wish I could. Blame everything on COVID, right? They said, hath the Lord, (laughs) hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? In other words, who does he think he is? hath he not spoken also by us? But look at this. And the Lord heard it. Go to the next verse. Uh, Now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. That's quite a statement. And the Lord spake. Now, (laughs) it doesn't say, and the Lord agreed with the naysayers. Let's get him. No, the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three came out. They probably thought they were going to get some kind of a Sunday school award or something. And the Lord came down in the pillar. The Lord showed up at this meeting. The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. These are the naysayers. Who's he thinking? He's not the only person that can from God. I can hear from God too. I'm just telling you right now. He said, "Hear now my words." Do you think if the Lord shows up in a pillar of fire and says, "Listen to me," people might pay attention? If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Keep reading. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. They're going, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, there's always that, isn't there? With him I will speak mouth to mouth even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Look at that. And the anger, I'm telling you, this is the same God. The only thing that saves us from becoming crispy critters, amen, is the... Grace of God through Jesus Christ. But it's not, we don't have a different God that's going, eh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, that is not the Lord. The anger, (laughs) the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Ooh, I don't want that, do you? (laughs) And he departed. And the cloud departed, look at what happened. The cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. All they said was they didn't like his wife. That's all they said is, let well, me think about this new wife. Well, you know, she's from Ethiopia. I don't like her. Well, I thought she looked funny to me. I don't know. If we're going to receive her or not. That's all they said. Just that little snippy thing got them in this much hot water. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now. See, there's the compassion. God is a merciful God, folks. He's not a Nazi. and just does it and that's it. Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp, Seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran and, Paran, and they started Mount Paran Church of God. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> Praise God for these scriptures. They help us to see God's idea here. Everybody say thank God for grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God that the blood of Jesus covers us and helps us. Amen. But how many can see from these scriptures God's attitude about rebellion? And then you know a lot of you got a lot of Christians praying for revival, and it's like you know what I'm all for that. I'm all for. How many believe we need an outpouring, not just in America but the whole world? The whole world needs a a great awakening and a great revival. And I believe before Jesus comes back, we're going to see more souls coming into the kingdom of God than you can imagine because we serve an Ephesians three twenty God, and so our idea of a of a great Altar call might be a million people on a field somewhere in India. But I'll tell you, God, if we see millions, God sees billions. I mean, that's the kind of God we serve. And He He do abundantly above all we would even ask or think. And so I believe that God's going to have the harvest of souls that He intended to have when He created everything. But at the same time we need to get ready for revival, and one of the ways we could do it is just by following just a few simple things here. Amen. Praise God. If you're going to be in a church, uh follow the leadership. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the for the pastor's wife or the pastor's spouse or whoever is involved. Pray for those that are in leadership. Amen. If you don't agree with what they're doing, uh you feel like it's harmful, say, Lord, show them the error of their ways. But you don't get on the phone and talk it all over and try to, try to become the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're a codependent type person anyway, you know, you, you be you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have a harder time with it because you want to run everything. But, you know, we need to get to the place where we go, you know, I'm just, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to be enthusiastic. I'm going to help. And, you know, if you don't even know any other question to ask, you can say, Pastor or leadership, what can I do to be a help? How can I promote? How can I support? You say, oh, I'm glad to see you're on board. And even in your heart, you're going, you know, I'm not that excited about this revival or I'm not that excited about this renovation. I'm not that excited about what they're doing. But I'm going to get behind it anyway in the spirit of unity. Amen. Yeah. And uh, we'll see... I've been wrong before about things. Have you ever been wrong? I've been wrong where somebody did something, and I thought that's the most dumb idea I've ever heard, and turned out to be a blessing. I had a friend, um, Scarlett knows, we had friends in um, Ozark, Alabama, a little southern town, and the name of the church was Glory to Him Fellowship. And I said to Cherie, I said, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard for a church. I said, it's, 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 uh, I mean, Glory to Him is good and everything, but it just sounds, just sounded rinky dink to me. I didn't like the name of it. I said, I think that's a dumb name. They should name it something else. Word of Faith of, uh, you know, of Ozark or something. (laughs) Faith Life Church, something. And Glory to Him Fellowship International Incorporated. I said, it's too long. Nobody's going to come. And he built a huge church there in a little town. Bigger than First Baptist, praise God. In the South, if you're bigger than First Baptist, you're a big deal. And I'm t- in a little town like that. And I'm telling you what, he built a great building and a great church and they had a great revival and the greatest preachers of the world preached there. Including me. Ha, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> hallelujah. Including Pastor Scarlett. We all preached there. Anyway, we had, uh, I showed you what I know. Amen. But, you know, I when they asked me to participate in things they were doing, I got behind it. I got behind the glory to him, Fellowship International, of by the blood of Christ, blood-bought, firstborn. Well, you go into the inner city and you get some names a mile long in churches. I was at a place in Atlanta one time. When it was called St. Mary's Overcoming Church of God's Apostles Incorporated. The sign was bigger than the building. And I went in. The pastor said, "I got to stand in the parking lot the whole service." I said, "Why?" He said, "To keep people from stealing all the hubcaps." I said, well, I "Praise God! What a neighborhood!" Amen. Hallelujah. But, uh, Amen. I, I think that's enough said on this. I I thank God for the Bible shows us how to run a church, doesn't He? How to do things. Aren't you glad for that? How many believe if we go God's way, it'll always be a blessing? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. If you're watching by internet, you don't have a church, get one. If you don't have a pastor, get one. Praise God. Don't live in rebellion. You see what happens. You end up leprous and ugly. You have to be, you have to be cast out for seven days. Alright, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord today. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the move of the Spirit. Father, we thank you that those that are watching that have some illness, something wrong with them. In the name of Jesus, I speak a word of healing, deliverance for them. Thank you, Lord, for touching their bodies. Anybody in the church that's home because of illness, we thank you for touching them, healing them. In Jesus' name, that the blood of Jesus covers all illness, all uh, problem. And if they've committed sins, they're forgiven. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you, Lord, this will be a week of increase financially and and uh, anybody's worrying about the budget or the the money or the whatever that the, the the money will come in Jesus name supernaturally. Lord those that are are uh, have money and investments, I think you those investments begin to pay off from Psalm 1 hallelujah everything you touch it prospers. Say, well, I don't even think it was a good investment. Well, the Lord can turn it around based on Scripture and make it a good one. (laughs) Even if it's just long enough for you to get yours and get out. But praise God, the Lord will do it. Believe Him. Believe Him for these things. In Jesus' name we pray.